We're gonna talk to some people, gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna talk to some people, gonna learn a lot of stuff. We're gonna talk to some people, gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna talk to some people, gonna learn a lot of stuff. Cause whisper knows blank. Oh my God, we're still doing this podcast. It's still going. Okay, so if you're listening, hi, welcome. This is a, technically a podcast or a guided meditation, depending on what you're into. My name's Kristen Key. I'm a comedian and a musician. You can find me at www.kristenkey.com. Follow me, um, be my friend and all those things. And if you like this podcast, like it, subscribe to it, share it, tell your friends and keep listening. Um, I'm also on Cameo. So if you want to give someone, if you want to make somebody's day, do it with a Cameo. I, I want to help you out with that because uh, I like to sing songs for people. And so together we can make someone's day. So here's what's going on. This week um, is all about songwriting because that is what I've been doing a lot of lately between Cameos and I do this thing called Friday Live at Five and the audience challenges me each week to write uh, a song based on, you know, whatever they put in the comments. So this week, um, I got talking about how my mom has mice. Um, and she's been trying to get rid of them with mice traps, but it's not working. So mom got kind of devious. She noticed that the mice were going under her rain gutter. And um, if she just went out there and stomped on the rain gutter, she'd kill like five mice at a time. And mom is thrilled about this. I'm horrified. I'm like, oh my God, you're murdering mice. And she's like, they deserve to die. They're terrible. So I tell this story and the audience says, write a song about flat mice. And so I'm trying to come up with lyrics, you know, for the, for this song and trying to make it, you know, funny and not terribly, terribly dark. And I thought, what does a real singer songwriter go through as they're writing, you know, about their life and about, you know, love or something? Cause I, as a, a comedy musician, I'm just always trying to find the laugh. And so I decided that this week would be all about songwriting. If you're curious, this is the song that I wrote about my mom stepping on the mice. Well, my mama got mice and she don't like it cause they come inside and throw a little mice party every night. She tried to catch him but the mice won't bite the cheese. So when mama sees him out she tries to stomp him with her big mama feet. And she go mama stomp, mama stomp, mama stomp, stomping on the mice. It's the mama stomp dance and she do it every night Mama stomp left and mama stomp right And the mice run back inside And they laugh and laugh And mama doing the mama stomp dance every night Well the mice were in the walls and the mice were in the floor And mama found a mouse in her underwear drawer They're having parties in the pantry wearing mama's granny panties And mama said no more I'm gonna get a cat and gonna eat them little rats Yeah that's what mama decided But the cat just purred it didn't want to hurt him Was a lover not a biter And my mama stomp, mama stomp, mama stomp, stomping on the mice it's the mama stomp dance and she do it every night Mama stomp left and mama stomp right But the mice run back inside And they laugh and laugh while mama do the mama stomp dance every night 
I just love picturing my mom in her backyard stepping on mice. Anyway, I'm lucky enough to have a friend who is a singer-songwriter and a very talented one at that. She uh, is from the same hometown that I'm from, Amarillo, Texas. Um, She made six albums, one live album. She's still going. Um, She wrote the song Wide Open Spaces, made popular by, uh, oh, what used to be the Dixie Chicks, but are now just the Chicks. Um, it's Susan Gibson, and she was kind enough to sit down, have a chat with me, and play a Mad Lib. So here's my chat with Susan Gibson. Susan, Ta-da! thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, this is so exciting. I've been looking forward to this week for a while. I, I have you on basically to talk about being a, a songwriter. But okay. then as I was researching you, there's so many more things I want to talk about. So who cares about the topic? I just want to talk <laughs> to you. There's just so much, so much to you. So I want to know, let's go way, way back. When did you first start writing songs? I wrote my first song as a freshman in college. Um, my mom was going to do like a, an empty nest, um, retreat with her women's, uh, Methodist church group. And so I wrote a song called see the beauty of the change, uh, for my, (laughs) sounds like a menopause song. I love it. It kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. It had a whole bunch of, um, wisdom, uh, that you get after you graduate from high school, but before you start college. It was that kind of wisdom. Okay, this episode is now gonna be called See the Beauty of the Change. (laughs) We're just gonna weave that theme in throughout the day. Right on. Do you stand by it or are you happy? Do you like that song to this day? uh, Yeah, I mean, I never play it. I don't know if I could remember the whole thing. What I remember about it was that realization that when you write your own songs, you no longer have to try to sound like someone else. And that was a big, a big light bulb uh, that came on for me. Um, You know, before then, I was just learning other people's songs and really trying to emulate what I was hearing. And it was like, wow, when you write your own song, there's nothing to compare it to. You just and especially, especially that that beginning, um, you know, I, I didn't compare it to the Sean Colvin Indigo Girls, Suzanne Vega, Tracy Chapman catalog that I was learning. Um, now, as a writer, when I write stuff, I do compare it. You know, I'm I'm saying, God, that's that's not even as good as my last song, or whatever. But in that very beginning, it was just like this huge epiphany that when you create something new, it doesn't have to. You know, the the less it sounds like something, the better. You know what I mean? Right. It's your sound. It's yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, through doing that, that's like where I kind of started learning how I sing because up until that point, I was just trying to sound like that, whatever I was reaching for. And so when I was starting to write my own songs, then I feel like I was starting to like really make those decisions of, Oh, this is how I would do that instead of how do I get close to how they did it? Well, thank you. Methodist church ladies. Yeah, who knew? That all that and casseroles too? Are you kidding me? What else is there? Oh my god, we're in heaven. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. So where does where does wide open spaces fit into this period of time? When was it written and why? So um I wrote that song when I was still going to college and I um you know, I was kind of going back and forth between Amarillo and Missoula, Montana. I 
went up to school. You know, I'd gone to college at WT for a little while, and then I went up to school in Montana and uh, came home for my, and so that was my first time to really, really be living on my own that far away from my folks. And so I came back after that first uh, semester of school for Christmas vacation. And I think my mom said something like, you were out kind of late last night, honey, what, what have you been doing? And I was just like, oh, how dare you ask me that? And so, so I sat down at her kitchen table in Amarillo and uh, scribbled out the lyrics of that song. Um, and then I went back up to school and I like at that point, and even now today, my writing is a function of processing an emotion. I mean, I don't sit there and imagine a character that's, I mean, very rarely, let me say that. I don't imagine a character that I'm having to imagine what they're thinking or feeling. It is, I have this feeling and I need to process it. And so I processed it. I wrote out that song. Uh, it really did come out in 20 minutes, you know? Then I shut the notebook, I went back up to school, and a couple weeks later, my mom sent me a care package. And in the care package, you know, there was guitar picks and ponytail holders and this notebook that had these lyrics in it. And so I saw the lyrics and they looked pretty complete. You know, they were written out verse, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, whatever. And yeah. so I was like, oh, let me put some music to this, you know? And so it, that was, that was in like, um, 92, maybe 1992. Cause that was my first semester okay. up in college. And I was about 20 because I'd already gone to college a little bit. And so wow. then when, and so I was playing that at Maxwell's uh, open mic in Missoula, Montana, and I'd go play it at the Rhino in Missoula, Montana. And then when I got down, moved back down in like 96, um, now granted that is four years and I did not graduate from college. Um, and I got back down to Amarillo and started singing <laughs> with this band. And Scott Malott, the other writer in the band, was doing almost all of the songwriting. And it was like, well, do you write any songs? And I was like, yeah. And so I, I would bring in some songs that I'd written. And that was one that the groupies were like, hey, that's good. And so we started playing that one out, you know. And then we got hooked up with Lloyd Maines there in about 98. Uh, maybe 97, I think, is when we made our first record with Lloyd. And, of course, Lloyd Maines is Natalie Maines' dad. And so that's where the song made the leap from yeah. the Groovies to the Dixie Chicks, to the Chicks. They had to have it. Because they yeah. saw it and they had to have it. <laughs> so, so good. yeah, I mean, it was very, <laughs> very, very organic and very, very... Um, kind of backdoor, I guess. Although I, you know, after being in the business, I think a lot of deals happen that way. But my understanding at the time was, you know, the chicks listened to I don't, hundreds of songs for that first record. But that was one that they had already, yeah, it's a great record. That's a great and it's, they titled the, the record after that song, you know, so that was awesome. And uh, it was yeah. their third single. Yeah. It, and, you know, it yeah. just really did some incredible stuff. And I think it speaks to the synergy between that song and that group. You know, uh, that that when you hear the chicks sing that song, 
you think they wrote it because it's so accurate. They, they do it so genuinely. And so that's, that's really a compliment. They did. They made yeah. it their own. Yeah, for that record. And and hearing you sing it and hearing them sing yeah. it separately, it's two it's two different songs. Um it's a wonderful song. Oh, um, yeah. I love it. Um Thank you. So, where did the banjo come from for you? Okay, so in the Groobies, uh we had a pedal steel player named Jim Wisenhunt. Mm, yeah. Anyway, he yeah. had a banjo that he brought up to our practice there. So it just felt good. I liked the sound of it. I think banjo has an, an innate like effervescence to it. I love the mood that it like it just you, you know, sad songs get a little happier on the banjo. You know what I mean? And yeah. so there's just a, a lightness to it that I really love. You know, it's a yeah, I think it's fun to fold it into things. But as a have you written? Many songs using the banjo as your primary instrument when you write them? Yeah, I've written, not many. I've written a handful, a handful that I've written on banjo that when it, when my banjo is set up right and the electronics are working well and stuff like that, that, I, that I'll play that in my show with just me and playing the banjo. And it really does, you know, I've got one song called Chin Up that is yep. on the banjo and that song is about failing the presidential fitness test and all of the shame and body image yuckiness that a lot of women specifically but people have would you play it today? oh yeah i'm happy to okay so can you hear that i can hear that yeah yeah real well is it too loud no it's perfect okay so this is chin up and i'm in open c tuning since you're a banjo player so here's chin up Kind of like a college degree. 
for a hundred dollar bill missed a piece of paper I take it back it was number 32 light blue cardstock with a gold foil seal just a piece of paper and that gold and that Ronald Reagan signature was not real This is wonderful. Thanks. Oh my gosh. I've loved that song since the first time I heard it. And I love the message that it gives. And I think that that's what the majority of the songs that, that I really related to or appreciated that you've written over the years have always been about uh, overcoming adversity and, and, and staying strong in the face of, you know, uh, rough yeah. times. Well, you know what? I have found that, um, number one, I think this comes as I've gotten older is just being mindful of the things I hear myself say over and over and over again. And, you know, if I, I feel like when I'm writing about especially something kind of tough or whatever, I mean, those seem to be the things that I gravitate towards is those, those things that I will obsess about, you know, that hurt feeling, that feeling of failure, that 
Am I good enough? You know, those are the things that will kind yeah. of cycle in my mind. And if I don't put a little Easter egg of hope in there, then I won't want to sing that song over and over and over and over. And oh, also, that's a good point. songs are so subjective. You know, that's I think that's my favorite thing about them is um, I don't have to think they're good for, or, or or I can think it's good and you might not, and that's okay. It still can be good to me. Right. That's it's. I cannot write with any expectation of how this will be received because yeah. you know with that expectation comes you know I'm going to lose the joy of 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 writing. Yeah. But you wrote there were three songs on your last album that were back to back to back that were all so incredibly different with different sounds, mm. but all of them were were incredible and it was just like like when I heard the album the first time it's like those three in a row and it was uh hard stuff looking for a fight in the big mm. game back mm. to back to back uh-huh. and it was just like a one two three punch for me for uh. being like how did you go from here to there to there mm. like um mm. i really appreciate that that like like when you talk about sitting down and you know what's the next song gonna be and these three songs pop out yeah. of you you know it's yeah. it's that moment you know yeah. You're a special songwriter. I, I love um, that. I don't know if there's a question in there except for, you know. I might have forgotten I to get, ask one. I was just telling you well, I like it. <laughs> I'm so glad you do. Sorry. I'll I, ask I you like say, this. I like it? Yeah. <laughs> now it's a question. Answer yeah, that. Yeah. Huh? Totally. I wasn't reading the eyebrows. Yeah. Um, I, I'll say a lot of that really has to go to this guy named Andre Moran who produced the record. So... So I picked Andre based on a very little exposure and experience with Andre, but I just really like what he does. I've heard him play live and he plays great guitar and, you know, so, so then I hand him this bunch of songs and I say, you know what? I am interested to see what you would do with these songs, you know? And that means like on the hard stuff, that song was written on an acoustic guitar. It's got a cool groove to it. It does. On that album, I'm not even playing the guitar. I just sing. <laughs> it's it is bass guitar, uh, bass guitar, uh, drums, and Andre's electric guitar that form the base of that song. And so, and then there's a horn section in there, and it's really cool. And it's I, cool. Yeah, it gets real I, big. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, that was a goal to write a song, you know, not that when I was writing hard stuff, my goal was like, I need a song, I need a song that will accommodate a horn section. But in my career, <laughs> I wanted a song that would accommodate a horn section. Cause I just Someday I'd that. like to write a joke that would accommodate a horn yeah. section. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I have some jokes <laughs> that the horn section is wah, wah. Um, but, you know, That's just the majority <laughs> of my, my trash can <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> I love that. And, and, you know, um, man, I, I just think different messages get different treatment and different, you know, my emotional level, like looking for a fight. I, I remember that writing that song and just, you know, feeling self-righteously pissed off. There was a guy at the bar had a t-shirt that said, you know, pro God, pro Trump, pro gun, pro-life any questions and i was like oh yeah i have some questions for that you know what me watching that guy i mean i didn't even interact with him i saw him dance with this girl where it looked like he was you know a pro wrestler 
and she was a rag doll. And I just had this, man, you were just, you know, you'd walk, you know, and, and so my emotion is there, but sonically on the record, it's handing it to Andre and saying, what do you, what do you think? It's a great song. Would you play it? Yeah. You bet I will. No, that's not it. That was a, it's raining outside today. Okay. Uh, uh. <laughs> okay, there it is. Here he comes, he's got his trouble by his side. Maybe he could shake it off if he only tried. that song i love that song i love it well i'm so glad you stuck around this long this is my favorite part of the show this is where i i talk you into playing uh, a mad lib type story with me so i gotta ask you susan gibson have you ever played a mad lib before you know yes i have in fact 
act um, many, many times, Mad Libs show up in our Christmas stockings. We do love them. It's a good family. That's a good family. It's a good. Okay. Well, this is not a Mad Lib for copyright reasons. This is a fill in the blank story that I've written specifically for you. But I've left out. Yeah, I've left out some parts of speech. You're going to give me those parts of speech, and together we're going to make a hilarious story. Are you ready to play? I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. I need a verb ending in ing. Fracking. Fracking. Uh, I need an adverb. Stealthily. Yes. Stealthily. Stealthily. <laughs> the word is stealthily. I need a body part. Elbow. An increment of time. Just a sec. <laughs> Just a sec. That's perfect. A brand name. Is Moon Pie a brand name? Yes, it is. <laughs> moon Pie. Why did Moon Pie, not to be like a therapist, but why are you? Why did Moon Pie pop into your head when I said they're, they're always just always on my mind? <laughs> I can't believe I didn't give Moon Pie earlier for like adverb. Well, I think we have a new song title. It's called Moon Pie. Is always on my mind. Um, <laughs> adjective. Purple. A life event. Getting my driver's license. That is a life event. <laughs> uh, I need another adjective. Miraculous. Miraculous. Excellent. Uh, a verb. Sleep. Uh, a religion. Methodist. Gotta go with what I know. A country. Sweden. A body part. Uvula. The uvula is the little dangling uh, part in the back of your throat. Ah. Yeah. Uvula. Uvula. It sounds so much dirtier than it is. It, it, it does. And especially when you start out describing it as the dangling little... Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> a celebrity. Is it Mike Swindell, the My Pillow guy? Let's. Can you look that up? Yeah. My Pillow Mike guy. Sw- Mike, Lindell. Michael Lindell. 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 Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy. A movie quote. Inconceivable. <laughs> Adjective. Autumnal. Autumnal. Oh, like autumnal. autumn. Yes. Okay. Wow, that's a fancy word, Susan. Mm-hmm. I need a musical instrument. Banjo. A verb. Flagellate. Yeah, that's, we gotta have it in there somewhere. A plural noun. Sisters. A verb ending in I-N-G. Talking. Uh, an exclamation. Holy shit! <laughs> An adjective. Gray. All right, we have a story. Okay, let's hear it. We have a phenomenal story written just for you, Susan Gibson. Behind the music with Susan Gibson. Okay, let's have it. This is it. Okay. The most popular song of 2020 is Fracking You Stealthily (laughs) by Susan Gibson. It's so catchy. It's been stuck in my elbow for just a sec. It plays everywhere. I heard it on TV the other day during a Moon Pie commercial. (laughs) You've known greater success now when you've had one of your songs featured in a Moon Pie commercial. I asked Susan Gibson how she came up with such a purple hit. Here's the story behind the music. Susan said, the song was written after a bad getting my driver's license. (laughs) I was so miraculous that I could barely sleep or sleep. To escape, I traveled to a Methodist temple in Sweden to clear my (laughs) uvula. (laughs) While there, 
I met Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, <laughs> leading a guided meditation. Oh my God. He told me inconceivable, which became my mantra. <laughs> the experience left my mind autumnal. As soon as I got home, I picked up my banjo and began to flagellate. <laughs> oh God. I wrote everything I was feeling. I wrote about sisters and talking. With the last line, I said what had been trapped inside me my whole life. Holy shit! You're great. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear that on your next album. I can't wait either. You know, maybe at, since after we get done, I'll just, I got my instruments out. I might just work on that song, Fracking You Purple. Stealthily. Fracking You Stealthily. Oh, fracking You Stealthily. Yeah. Fracking, fracking You Stealthily by Susan Gibson. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and uh, getting to catch up. It's yeah, good to see you. It's a pleasure to see you and talk to you. And good luck to you, Kristen. I, I love it whenever I get glimpses of what you're doing. So thank you. Ah, you too. Right back at you. Love you. Yeah. Good to see you too. Bye, Kristen. Bye. I love her so much. I'm so glad she came on the show. Thank you, Susan Gibson. Um, please check out her latest album, The Hard Stuff, and you can find her at susangibson.com. She has amazing music, so become a fan of hers. Um, I am Kristen Key. You can find me at kristenkey.com. Um, follow me on, on Instagram and Facebook and uh, subscribe to my YouTube page. Um, I'm on Cameo, and if you like this podcast, it's kristennoseblank.com. Give it a like, tell your friends about it, and keep listening. Guys, next week we have a really exciting episode. I've got Karen Rontowski, and she's a ghost hunter, tarot card reader, and uh, uh, she's my expert on all things supernatural. So get ready, uh, get ready for that. It's going to be very exciting, um, and I can't wait. And until next time, bye. We're gonna talk to some people. Gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna talk to Hello. some people. Gonna learn a lot of stuff. We're gonna talk to some Hello. people. Gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna talk to some Hello. people. Gonna learn a lot of stuff. Cause Kristen knows plan.